Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome back into the Bama Beat Podcast, brought to you by Wickles Pickles. This is Clint Lamb. Trying to do a little bit of a college football pick podcast for week two. Everybody else is calling it week five. Uh, it's week two. It's week two. It's 100% week two. But I'm joined by Hunter Johnson. Cecil Hurt is not with us. He did get his picks in. But, uh, but Cecil, after my stellar week last week, was just too big of a coward to show his face on this podcast and be on the same. He he, he sees who the alpha is here now, and he, he's you know a little nervous now, I think. So he, he just silently got his picks in to where he didn't have to face, you know, hope hoping that uh, by the, the, the time we record next week, he's bounced back. Now, granted, he had a great week, too. You just uh, you went seven and two, Hunter, or seven, two and one. Cecil went six, three and one. I went five, four and one. And Brett was at four, five and one. Of course, so, Brett was the one guy. Who, and we said we were going to make fun of him because he couldn't be here. And we are going to make fun of him. And he set himself up nicely, though, you know, him making the comment about, you know, he can't wait until, you know, he's it's November and he's picking 300. Uh, pretty smart by him, because then at that point, expectations are set low. Anything above that, he's picking 400 right now. Yeah. Uh, so I guess that's a little bit better. The crazy thing, though, is that of the, the two games that I lost last week were Alabama and Auburn. The two that I should probably know the most about were the ones that I lost. And like, I think. Alabama played kind of poorly in the fourth quarter. I was not expecting that, but I should have known that, like, Saban, I should have known to just take Mizzou in the point. That was a, that was a little bit, I was going for it a little too hard. And in hindsight, you know, things are 20-20, obviously, but at the same time, with it being the opening week, there's, Nick Saban does this every year, where he likes tinkering with stuff, seeing what works, what doesn't work, and he was doing that with the offensive line. They, I mean, from the get-go, Alabama, and I wouldn't say from the get-go, but they took a pretty, con, you know, controlled uh, lead early in the game and sustained it for a while. It's just, you know, when they started trying to try different things out and stuff, and you got a true freshman quarterback in there who's making some great plays, but also playing like a freshman and had no protection. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're trying things out as far as the offensive line to figure, you know, that way you can know later on when you got a comfortable lead, you can do those sort of things. And there's not too many games with an all SEC schedule where you can do that. So right. got to take it where you can. Uh, and that's, you know, something that we probably should have taken into account because Nick Saban has always been that way. Um, but you live and you learn uh, another big spread this week. And I'm not going to reveal who I'm going to be taking yet. We'll talk about that at the end, but we'll go ahead and just dive right into it. I know you got somewhere you got to be. Um, Man, it, I, I'll tell you what, the more people you get on this podcast, the more difficult it is lining up schedules. So I appreciate you taking the <laughs> time. Uh, but what, what we'll do is I'll read Brett's picks because I have them. And you can go ahead and read Cecil's and then we'll make our own picks as well. Um, okay. So we'll kind of just do it that way. We'll start off with the first game, though. Number 18, Oklahoma is a seven-point favorite going on the road to take Iowa State. Who did who do you want and who did Cecil take? Well, Cecil took Oklahoma and I'm gonna do the same. I think they bounce back. Um, I I watched that uh, fourth quarter of that Oklahoma game. Um, just I mean that 
Oklahoma defense, just, they are who we thought they were. Like, that's, that's I mean, it's what they've been. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I do think that they bounce back this week at Iowa State. Yeah, and I'm kind of feeling the same way. You talk about a just embarrassing loss. You blow a 35-14 second-half lead. Uh, you know, Iowa State is coming off of an upset of TCU. But, you know, when you think about Brock Purdy and how much he's regressed, I, I thought he was going to be one of the better quarterbacks in college football this season. So I just don't uh, – I, I do think that that seven-point spread is about right. I think Oklahoma's going to win, and I'm going to go ahead and take Oklahoma. Uh, I would rather do that just because I think that that – kind of pissed off factor could play in their favor so brett also took oklahoma so right out of the gate so of course everybody's gonna cover yeah but at least we're you know you won't be happening exactly yeah you're gonna you're gonna maintain your lead so far next game on the list tcu at number nine texas texas is an 11 and a half point favorite after almost losing to texas tech last week in overtime i do not like this game either um I, I mean, I think that TCU's beaten Texas the last couple of years. I know they did last year. Um, Cecil is taking TCU. I am going to take Texas, but I did have a tough time with this one. Yeah, uh, and, and you're going to be the only one taking Texas because Brett also, you know, the way he just said, uh, TCU, you know, <laughs> so he's completely guessing. But, I, I mean, you know, Max Dugan, the, the quarterback for t- uh, TCU, he looked pretty good in that Iowa State loss. I think he's more than capable of putting up points against a very vulnerable Texas defense and just 11 and a half points. Uh, if it was, you know, 10 or less, I would feel a lot better about it, but I could totally see Texas winning by 10 and, you know, uh, getting themselves kind of a, a bounce back win against a pretty good TCU team. But I'm going to be taking TCU as well. So jotting that down. So this is another area where maybe you can. Uh, I can extend my lead. Yeah, you certainly can. So next game on the list, Virginia at number one, Clemson. Clemson is a 28-and-a-half-point favorite. The last time these two teams played, by the way, was the ACC championship game last season, and Clemson won that game 62-17, to so just keep that in mind. Cecil is taking Virginia, um, so he doesn't you – know, I'm going to take little old Clemson. Um, I just think – I think Clemson pulls away. like they're And they don't seem like the type to – the Abbott's going to score. In the second half, he's not going to just stop. So, yeah, well, and this is where I'm also taking Clemson too. Uh, I didn't feel great about that hook with a with the 28 and a half. Yeah, yeah, that was the you know I like Brennan Armstrong, the Boston College transfer. You know, he's a promising quarterback, but has had some accuracy issues so far. Uh, I just don't think that Virginia's offense is going to have much success against Clemson. Now, I do worry. Uh, it seems like Dabo has kind of more so had Clemson in, in that mindset where they'll pull starters uh, early in games. They're kind of playing for the long haul. But the good part about it, if, if you're wanting to take Clemson, is their backups have been doing pretty well of continuing to pile on points. So I, that's why I feel good about Clemson being able to continue to, to, to cover this game just because Virginia's offense, I don't think it's going to be that great. Uh, especially going against that Clemson secondary, especially. So me, you, and Brett went Clemson because uh, Brett did decide to go Clemson, and Cecil went Virginia, so he has a chance to make up some ground there. We'll see how that turns out. Next game on the list, South Carolina is traveling to number five Florida, and the Gators are an 18-point favorite. Cecil is taking South Carolina. Um, I am taking Florida. I thought Florida looked good against um, Ole Miss. I think South Carolina probably has a you know a little bit better talent than Florida, but the game is in in Gainesville. Um, I, yeah, I'm going Florida. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm going Florida here, too, and I understand 18 points is a lot for this game, but what I think people are doing is they're looking at how South Carolina really should have beaten Tennessee last week, uh, and they're looking at the fact that a what a lot of people perceive to be a subpar Ole Miss team was able to hang around with Florida, and that's kind of clouding people's judgments, but you know, the way I look at it, I, there's, I just don't think South Carolina is going to be able to score at the same rate as Ole Miss was able to now that Lane Kiffin's there with that RPO offense with Matt Corral and Elijah Moore and those guys. So if they're not able to score at the same rate, I still think Florida's going to have a ton of success uh, offensively going against that South Carolina defense. And I think you can create quite a bit of separation there. Uh, the Kyle Trask-Kyle Pitts combination is, is pretty lethal. So I'm going Florida. Brett um, – yeah, Brett is going Florida as well. Cecil's the only one taking South Carolina, which may, that should tell us all something because we're all yeah. idiots. Uh, I'll tell you right now, um, any time that this happened last year where we, especially on one of these types of games where it's a lot of points, you kind of think, you know, you got a top five team like a Florida, you're getting up there, you know, three score range. You think, man, but they're just so much better. I, I think they're going to cover. He always goes dogs in that and always wins, it seems yeah. like. so. Lone Wolf. Yeah, if I was uh, if I was somebody that was actually listening to our picks, which you probably should not be doing anyways, at least not mine, um, then I would probably go against that and go with what Cecil said. But I'm gonna stick with Florida. You know, I don't want to change just because Cecil said so. Um, next game on the list is gonna be the first, uh, the last of the first part. We'll take a quick break after this. But Missouri is taking on Tennessee, going on the road to take on Tennessee in Knoxville. Tennessee is an 11 and a half point favorite fun fact for this game something that i noticed the last time that each of these teams lost was to alabama missouri of course last week tennessee back in mid-october of 2019 they're on a current seven game win streak following that loss so pretty uh interesting fact there so who do you want you want uh, missouri on the road and getting 11 and a half or you want the vols man i don't know i thought this line was a little bit low maybe because uh, i maybe i'm thinking too highly of tennessee this year um, but I'm going to go Tennessee. See, and, and for me, I had a tough time with this one. yeah, a really tough time because I, I thought, you know, Missouri actually looked good at times against Alabama, but early on they, they certainly didn't. But then you got to think Tennessee probably sh- should be 0 and 1 right now. And they mm-hmm. found a way to win and you got to give them credit for that. But I, I, this has been one of the tougher ones. I'm going to say Missouri and take the the points. Um, I don't know how. Cecil, Cecil took Missouri as well. Okay, that's good. Uh, Brett took Tennessee, so we got an even split there. And I don't know what it is. I just feel like, even though, you know, Tennessee getting, you know, it was a tough road game. And people are giving kind of Tennessee, you know, uh, flack for, you know, uh, barely winning that game. They went on the road and won at South Carolina. That's a, I mean, that's. That's solid. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and here's the th- the line was three and a half points. Vegas thought this game was going to be close, and it was a four point win for them. So they barely, but that's covering. You know, they, they yeah. covered the spread. So I don't, I mean, it was nothing really happened in this game, and we all thought that it was a little bit low. I thought it should have been closer to to seven or eight, and if that would have been the case, I would have lost that. But I, I do agree that that line, if I would have had to put a line straight up on it, I would have thought that thirteen and a half, fourteen range. So. The fact that you're getting in at 11 and a half is pretty solid, but I still am going to go Missouri, and I couldn't even really tell you why. All right, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll uh, get to the second half of these games. Welcome back to the Bama Beat Picks podcast. Uh, 
quick uh, a quick word for our sponsor, Wickles. Wickles, wickedly delicious pickles, relishes, okra, and much more. Wickles are proud to be Alabama-owned and made using a family recipe 90 years in the making. From Saturday sandwiches to Christmas dinner, their secret recipe used to be reserved for family and friends who were lucky enough to get a jar. But since 1998, they've been bringing the sweet, heat, and bold and tangy recipes into your home. Learn more about them at wicklespickles.com and find them in your local store in the pickle aisle. Let's get wicked. Took some wickles over to... uh, the spot where I watched the game on Saturday, went up to Birmingham and watched the game and took some Wickles over. That wasn't all I brought. I brought some other stuff, too. But Wickles are really all all you need to bring. Um, so, yeah, people people enjoyed them. Pretty much everybody that I was hanging out with, they know I talk about Wickles enough. It was not their first time to have Wickles. But, yes, they still enjoyed them. So, I'm guessing you won't be going to Birmingham this weekend, though. You'll be going to... I will be, I will be in attendance at... I will, I will be in there, if you, as I will say, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I will be in attendance on Saturday. I'm very excited about it. it yeah, and one thing next week when we hop on here, I'm, I'm definitely going to want to hear, you know, how the crowd was. Just, I hope that they kind of keep things balanced, uh, kind of like Auburn did as far as spreading people out to where the noise is kind of... It, it, it's it's lower, of course, because you got less fans, but at the same time, it's not all coming from specific sections where you kind of pack people in. Uh, I think that that will be, you know, interesting to monitor. So I'm, I'm curious to, to hear what you'll have to say and, about it. And I'm also, I'm pretty like interested to see just how the whole, the, the entirety of the game day experience is going to be like, you know, whereas, you know, let's say if it was, a, if it was not 2020, it was a normal game day. Well, I'm getting out two thirty game. I'm getting out around 10 going out to the quad, maybe hit up a bar or two, but like, all right, obviously the quad's not a, not an option. So like, you know, what are we going to do? And then like, you know, I'm worried, like, you know, I would like to go to, I wouldn't mind going to a bar. Like I, I take COVID and everything pretty seriously, um, you know, in terms of social distancing, wearing a mask, but like, yeah, I wouldn't mind going out to a, you know, a 50% capacity bar, wearing my mask and having a couple of pops, but like, is everywhere going to be packed? Are people going to treat it like it's a normal game day? And everybody goes to the bar. Like, is everybody going to go to the bar because they can't go to the game? Like I'm, you have to, you're going to have to get to industry at nine o'clock to, you know, have a table. I, that's, I have no idea. So we'll see. That, yeah, that, and that's yeah. But I, prob- know, based- I probably will end up going to Innisfree for a little bit pregame and just see how it is. Hopefully, it'll be okay. Well, it, uh, hearing Cole Kublet talk about Auburn last weekend and just kind of how it was, how just the atmosphere was way different as far as people, you know, of course not having tailgates and you know just the crowds not being nearly as much as far as the the, the atmosphere around campus prior to the game. You'll probably see a lot of that, but at the same time, yeah, there's. If people can't be tailgating and stuff, you have to think um, they're they're going to be trying to go somewhere. So that's right. something to to look out for too. So all right, we'll move on to the next game. Um, so where do we finish at? We finished at uh, Tennessee Miss, and Kentucky. Missouri. Yeah. So Ole Miss is going on the road, taking on the Wildcats. Kentucky is a six point favorite. Who you got in that one? I got Kentucky, and I think this sound this line's a little bit low. It was not a tough decision for me. Um, but I felt pretty good about Kentucky. Cecil's got Kentucky too, which made me feel better about taking Kentucky. Interesting. Uh, Brett and I both uh, went Ole Miss, and to me, the way that I approached it was this: Kentucky's defense was pretty disappointing against Auburn in the second half. Uh, I, I, I do thought think they had some. Here's and this is maybe me being a little bit hating Auburn too much. I thought that, that Kentucky had some things that went against them in that game and they just couldn't overcome it. And then at that point it was just over. They just did not have any resiliency. And, and that's, that's what led, that's what led to it being that way. Because I mean, they, that was a lot of adversity to go up against. And they had like, you know, like that swing at the end of the half, like that's a, it's a big deal. That's a very um, big deal. And that, that's so actually like, a really good point. Yeah. 
think, I think they're still good. Okay, and and that, I'll be honest, that is fair. Uh, when I was thinking, you know, I started thinking, okay, if if you're Kentucky, how do you attack this game? Well, obviously with your offensive line, your run game, uh, Ole Miss's offense being as high powered as it is, uh, you would think that you know you're going to try to control tempo and Absolutely. keep control that the old, ball, run the ball. Yeah. and I, I don't know that Ole Miss has the guy, the guys on defense to stop them. I definitely don't. I think Kentucky's going to have a lot of success as far as you know your time of possession, uh, putting putting points on the board. It's probably going to be a lot of of run related stuff. I don't think that they're even going to need Terry Wilson to throw the ball too much against this Ole Miss defense. Outside of the fact of if Kentucky's defense, which I, like I said, I was disappointed with them, but you make a great point as to why that could have been. Um, you know, if they're not able to to slow down Ole Miss anytime they step on the field and Ole Miss is scoring, which it's very tough to stop that offense. And if that happens, I wonder if it will take Kentucky out of its comfort zone and make them start trying to throw the ball to play catch up. And if that ends up happening, I don't think that's going to play out well for Kentucky. So really, it's just going to all depend on, you know, how much success early Kentucky's defense can have against that Ole Miss offense. And if they can, I think Kentucky tro- controls the entire game. If they don't, I think Ole Miss starts to take control, and then it's uh, Kentucky playing reaction. And so I'm I'm taking the, the six points. I wish it was seven. I really do. But I'll go ahead and say Ole Miss, and Brett says Ole Miss as well. So we'll move on to the next one. Number 20, LSU. These next two, I had trouble with both of them. One yeah. of them I hadn't even picked yet. Um, I, I, it's funny you say that because I, I did too. Uh, but number 20, LSU, is – going on the road is a 21 uh, point favorite over Vanderbilt. Who you got? I mean, it was tough. Cause like I me, mean, Vanderbilt, I don't know. Maybe A&M just is garbage, but I mean, Vanderbilt, I was shocked when I saw that score. I did not watch a second of the game. Don't know how it happened, but it was, it was a shot to see it. Um, I, and obviously we watched, we watched pretty much the entirety of the LSU game. I'm going to say that LSU bounces back. I'm going to take LSU. And yeah. Cecil's taking Vanderbilt. Okay. Uh, I Yeah, Brett and myself both took um, LSU as well. It's just, you know, for me, LSU had so much going against it coming into the season. And then the day of the game, you lose your top defensive back, the number one defensive back in the country in Derek Stingley um, against, you know, arguably the most high-powered offense as far as passing offense in the entire uh, SEC. I mean, that's tough. And But I do think that LSU is probably going to be pretty pissed off. And, you know, they're clearly the more talented team. Uh, but to be fair, I guess, you know, Texas A&M was clearly the more talented team too. And look at what Vanderbilt was able to do. Ken Seals, the, the, the true freshman quarterback for Vanderbilt, he's the real deal. Uh, there was a couple of plays going back and watching that game. That was super impressed with him. Uh, one, they were on like the seven or eight yard line going in. He rolls to his right and delivers just an absolute dime when they were down uh, five to 14 and was able to pull it back within two points. But, uh, you know, another thing that's playing in Vanderbilt's favor uh, favor is Dimitri Moore, the off-ball linebacker who didn't play against Texas A&M. He's going to be back. He's by far, you know, he might be arguably their best defensive player, so having him back will be important. Uh, there was a part of me that wanted to take Vanderbilt, but I just can't do it, and I think LSU is going to be pissed off and tries to make a statement here. I'm not impressed with LSU at all. I just think that, you know, you see more of the typical Vanderbilt uh, this week compared to last week. So, all right, next game on the list. Arkansas is going on the road, taking on the, the red-hot number 16 Mississippi State, who is a 17-and-a-half-point home favorite against the Razorbacks. This is the game that I – like. I, I still haven't picked it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm going to take State. 
just because I, I don't think I think I think Arkansas is not good. Although the fact that I mean they played Georgia tight in the first half, but I can also just with how much Mississippi State is, I feel like Mississippi State's going to score. I think they're going to score on a lot of people this year. And so I could see this like being like somewhat of a tight game, but then uh, you know Mississippi State winning like forty two twenty one. Uh, me and you were on the same page with a lot of this, and, and to be fair, Brett also um, took Mississippi State for me. The, you look at last week, and I feel like this is what a lot of people are going to be doing. They're going to look at the fact that Arkansas played Georgia close, at least for that first half. They're going to look at the fact that Mississippi State you know, was able to beat LSU, and they're going to make a lot of opinions based off of those two things, which is going to push you in one of two different directions. For me – I look at Arkansas and say, okay, they kept it close, not because of this high-powered offense that they had. They actually struggled offensively, which makes sense. Georgia's defense is, is probably the best in the SEC overall. But it was a lot more so that the, the, the Georgia offense did not have any success. The quarterback play from Dewan Mathis, uh, uh, Stetson Bennett, you know, he came in and played pretty well. He's not a long-term option at the uh, position, in my opinion, but one thing you're not going to do is you're not going to be able to consistently slow down Mississippi State's offense. And so if you don't have a uh, an offense yourself that can play that keep-up game, they're going to be able to create separation. Um, and, and I have a huge problem with that just because, you know, I, I was actually kind of down on Mississippi State's defense. And the biggest surprising number outside of 623 yards passing for K.J. Costello, which, you know, was record-setting day for him, was the fact that Mississippi State had seven sacks in this uh, in that game against LSU. You know, they were able to get after the quarterback. I think they'll be able to get after Felipe Franks. That's going to limit the success Arkansas has, and I just don't think there's going to be too many situations where Mississippi State doesn't step on the field and score points. So um, I ultimately decided to go with, with State there. So, uh, Cecil took Arkansas. Okay. And yeah, so we, uh, me, you, and Brett all took uh, Mississippi State. And all right, there we go. That, all right. Yep. I'll tell you right now, I've, I'm monitoring this. I'm putting big stars next to these games as I'm writing them down on the ones that I need to go back and see, okay, who ended up being right? And what did he go one and one? Did he go two and oh? Because I'll tell you right now, if, if we start having these kind of situations, and I notice there's a trend here, uh, even though I want to go. With, with the favorites, I might just start saying, you know what? I think Cecil is going to take the dog. I don't want to lose ground. I'll take the dog too. Um, okay. So in the, uh, the by far the biggest game of the weekend, number seven, Auburn going on the road to take on number four, Georgia, the Bulldogs are a six and a half point favorite. Um, I guess the million dollar question for everybody is how much of an impact will JT Daniels have, or can he have, is he even going to be the starter? How much is he going to play? So, Hunter, you know, who you like in this one? I got Auburn and I got Auburn winning the game straight up. Oh, and that's so got- not me. That's not me. Like I'm, I'm trying not, I'm not just having like one overreaction. Uh, I don't think um, based on last week, I just thought Auburn, I thought Auburn looked pretty good. Thought Bo Nix played well. Um, he's obviously the highs in the front runner, if you, in, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> and I just didn't, I mean, I did not like what I saw from Georgia and I, I'm just, I'm taking Auburn. Hey, you know what? Too. Yeah, and and I'm I'm taking Auburn as well. Uh, I don't necessarily have them winning the game outright. I do like that. I think that this will end up being a classic. You know, a, a, a I can see a one, two, three point type of game easily. And I like I, I've said in, in some of these others, man, if that that was at seven points, I would be you know feeling fantastic about it. Uh, but anything can happen. It could be a tie game, and then right there at the last second, Georgia can score a touchdown. Uh, to to put them up seven, so that's what 
makes me a little bit worried, but I do think it ends up being a really close game because you're right, uh, especially in the second half. Bo Nix and, and that Bo Nix-Seth Williams combination is absolutely lethal. Uh, I love the replacement players, you know, Roger McCreary, Jalen Simpson, Smoke Monday, all those guys in the secondary that were stepping up in the starting roles. I thought all those guys played great. Uh, Georgia has won, you know, four of the last five matchups, but I'm going to I'm going to roll the Tigers in this one and I'm going to probably I don't know what the over under is. I haven't really went and looked, but I'm probably going to take the under. I don't think it's going to be a high scoring game at all, but I think that actually bodes well for Auburn because I think they'll be able to have just enough offensively. And, and until I see a JT Daniels led offense there, I'm just I'm questioning, you know. They had a lot of turnover, kind of like LSU, as, long, as far as their offensive line and stuff, and that worries me. All right, brings us to our last game, the big game. Number 13, Texas A&M. The Aggies are going on the road to take on number two, Alabama, and Alabama has climbed to being an 18-point favorite in this one. Hunter, where are you going with it? Man, I had a tough time with this one, too, um, especially after, you know, they beat me last week. Uh Bama not covering. I'm going to take Alabama though. I just I didn't you know just seeing the score of what of what A and M did with Vandy last week. Um, yeah, I'm going to take Bama. Cecil's taking Bama too, and I'll be lying if I, I had seen Cecil's pick and I, it did affect mine a little bit. <laughs> and that's fair uh, yeah. because uh, now and Brett what he and he he sent some of the stuff, and I guess I'll go ahead and say. Um, as far as the Tennessee-Missouri game, he said, don't pick this game. Somehow both sides are going to lose. But then in parentheses, you put these picking Tennessee. He said Ole Miss. He said, by the time this game kicks, I might go Ole Miss straight up. So he really likes Ole Miss. Very what confident time does that game that. kick? Uh, the night game? No. Uh, uh, that, he, I was just thinking, because he said, like, by the time this game kicks. I was like, oh, this is like an 8 o'clock game? Awesome. Like, I, don't, I love the late game. I was actually looking at the times earlier, and I know that – of course, Alabama, uh, Texas A&M's 2.30. Auburn, I think, is at 6. Um, I, I, I don't remember. I'll have to go back and look. But that is, you know. Auburn's at 6.30. Um, let's see. Ole Miss, Kentucky's at 3. Arkansas, okay. Mississippi State is at um, 6.30. And there's got to be one more. Did you say Vandy LSU? LSU, LSU Vandy is also at 6.30. See, that's dumb, man. Like, they should start one of those games at 8. Yeah, 100%. And I understand that the late games, people don't really like that. But with in this kind of – I mean, you got all SEC games every week. you got three games going on at the same damn time. Yeah, and like, that's you just – start Arkansas-Mississippi State at, at 8. You can, any of those games that are – all. let's see. All the Two of the three games are, are in the central time zone. You could start them at 8. I mean, the fans probably won't love it, but hell, there's only going to be 20,000 people at the games anyway, or less than that at Mississippi State. But who, yeah. who cares? Like, just start it late. If you want the maximum eyeballs, like, for a for a full amount of time, Yeah, maybe, that, I mean, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm just crazy here. Taking crazy no, 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 no. I, I completely agree. I do think that, I mean, at this point, you got to get creative to where you can get the, the maximum amount of eyeballs on, on every single one of your games. And, I mean, it, Man, I just saw this, and I'm legit pissed off about it. Yeah. The, the so the last game of any involving any top 25 teams is at seven, and that's uh, Clemson and Virginia. There's nothing starting late. Like, give, and us, that, give us something. Give me, give me a morsel, a late game. We, I think last week, uh, one of the last the, week we had uh, BYU and Troy. Yeah, and and it was uh, I want to say the the last finishing game was the 
the Tennessee South Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. Um, was it? No, TC, no, the the BYU. We're way off track here. BYU Troy didn't start till like nine something. Oh no, I meant. Uh, oh, SEC you meant okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, and that's what I'm saying. Like, it would be nice to to be able to get done with a six o'clock kickoff game and have you know the majority of uh, another SEC game to watch after that. Um, right. it, 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 that would have definitely been nice, and it makes my job easier as far as having to go back and watch stuff. Uh, and because, you know, now I'm all these games overlapping, I'm going to have to spend, which is fun. Uh, I do that anyways, but spend most of my Sunday going back and watch some of this stuff. But so you, you're taking Alabama. Cecil took Alabama. Brett took Alabama. He says he really wants to pick a push, but he knows he'd get skewered for it. So he's going <laughs> yes, Alabama. He would. He would. <laughs> Uh, so, and, and, and by the way, just so everybody knows, uh, Brett said Auburn will win, but Georgia will win straight up, or excuse me, Brett, uh, Auburn will cover, but Georgia will win straight up that I also agree with. But as far as this game, I'm going Alabama too. I really feel like that with the way that Alabama's defense was able to play last week, the fact that. I don't think A&M has nearly the amount of weapons in the passing game that they need to at this point in time with uh, with Courtney Davis, Kendrick Rogers, Jamon Osbin, uh, Baylor Cup, who was supposed to be that dynamic one-two punch at tight end with Jalen Watermeyer. He screws up his shoulder, and he's now out for the season, or he's been out for the season before the season even started. They just don't have a whole lot of options in the passing game. So I, I'm going to go with Alabama, um, and, and like I've said on Twitter, I'm looking forward to watching that matchup between Alabama's offensive line and Texas A&M's defensive line. I think that could determine quite a bit uh, in this matchup, so we'll kind of just have to see. But we're all for going Alabama. I don't know how I feel about that. Mm-hmm. But I'm not jumping off of – I understand last week the way it turned out. This is not the kind of game that Alabama's going to tinker in. And I think if you have a, a team that's saying, hey, we're going to play our best football for four quarters – I think that that pushes Alabama to a point where they can win it by 21 or more points. Uh, I feel actually very good about that, so we'll see. But uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to have Cecil on today, but we understand he's a busy man, and right, we'll get him right. on next week, hopefully. And But Hunter, I appreciate you taking some time, because I know you got to get out of here. Always course, good talking to you. Enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, and enjoy the, the game on Saturday. All right, and I'll give a full report next week. Everybody buy Wickles this weekend. Absolutely. All right, that's going to do it for another episode of the Bama Beat Podcast brought to you by Wickles Pickles. All right, dude. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.